This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. I want to talk about the anatomy, the blueprint for actually building Black Wall Street. We've talked a lot about it, primarily because Watchmen opened up this season on HBO with the decimation of Greenwood, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Black Wall Street, and millions of Americans who had never heard of Black Wall Street finally got to get a bird's eye view of what that community was with the movie theaters and the opulence and the wealth, a black community in the center of Oklahoma, powerful, wealthy, taken down over a two-day period. But I want to talk about Black Wall Street because I've been talking about Black Wall Street for several years now without all of the knowledge. So... You know we're about to do a book club uh, on YouTube, live on YouTube, starting in February, the fourth uh, Sunday in the month. And one of the books is going to be Black Fortunes. That's not the first book. We're starting again with Carter G. Woodson's The Miseducation of the Negro. But Black Fortunes is on the list. Shamari Wills, thank you, sir. Because for years and years I was talking about O.W. Gurley and J.B. Stratford and how these two men built Black Wall Street, which is true. But before there was O.W. Gurley and before there was J.B. Stratford, there was Robert Church from Memphis, a powerful man who literally built Bill Street. Bill Street in Memphis, one of the most amazing communities of black folk in Memphis, Tennessee, built by Robert Church. But he didn't really care about uh, uplifting black people as much as he did about wealth, but it was Ida B. Wells who shamed him into doing better. She, she used to write in her newspaper about black people who only cared about making money, and, um, and she literally called him out. And instead of being like bump her he was like hey let me reach out to her and ended up actually funding a lot of the things that she was doing in terms of anti-lynching uh he actually secretly also put money in the pockets of politicians and other people across the country uh and he took up his mantle but he had to he had to be pushed into it and i think a lot of times we get so tunnel visioned with what we're doing that we forget the larger that there's a larger picture that we're not just here for ourselves so i want to also thank Ida B Wells there may not be a black wall street without Ida B Wells she's my hero by the way but in addition to Robert Church, there was a man named Edward P. McCabe, a man I never heard of until I picked up this book, Black Fortunes, the story of the first six African-Americans who escaped slavery and became millionaires. Now, it focuses on six people. Robert Church is among them. But along the way, Shamari Mill, Wills, excuse me, Shamari Wills puts down breadcrumbs to people like Edward P. McCabe, who we all need to know. He should be right up there with Frederick Douglass and the others. Who was he? He was from Troy, New York. Uh, and I'm going to read the description. He was thin with straight hair, skin the color of sand, and a handlebar mustache. He wore three-piece suits, spectacles, and a bow tie. Before the land runs, he had lobbied the U.S. government in Washington, D.C. to make Oklahoma an all-black state. When his requests to establish a black Oklahoma were denied, he moved to the territory during the land runs in 1889 and began establishing a movement to build all black towns in the state. So he first went to the government and said, hey, uh, let's, let's make this uh, Oklahoma space here all black. And they were like, nope. He was like, all right, well, I'm going to go there and do it myself and I'm going to buy land, and we're going to create all of these communities. And that's exactly what he did. 25 miles south of the town of Perry, he built an all-black town 
and, and called his land the promised Langston. He called it Langston, so Langston, Oklahoma. And he was not alone in organizing all black towns. Between 1890 and 1900, black boomers in Oklahoma established more than 30, 30 such towns. But McCabe was the catalyst. And, uh, and I, I just want to stop there for a second because, you know, nothing comes out in a vacuum. You know, all of the successes that people have, including mine, uh, I can give you literally chapter and verse of all of the people and all of the opportunities and all of the circumstances that led me to, to be here right now. And there was some tragedy, you know. It doesn't all come without some, some bumps and bruises, you know. None of the pathways to success are, are paved perfectly and smooth. Um, as a matter of fact, it is uh, most of the obstacles that you face are the things that build your muscles, the things that build your tendons, the things that give you the grit to be able to move forward because if you can overcome that, then you can overcome anything. And so I run headlong, not willfully, <laughs> but when I see obstacles, I don't run from them because I know on the other side of it is something that um, makes me undefeated, which, you know, anyway. So Edward P. McCabe. Um, so there are a couple of things that I want to do today. You know, first of all, establish that O.W. Gurley and J.B. Stratford couldn't have done it without the help of people like Robert Church and Edward P. McCabe. But I also want to talk about two different styles. So O.W. Gurley, um, you know, it was building, you build on things, right, like a pyramid. So let's say Edward P. McCabe and Robert Church build the first layer, the first, um, the foundation of the pyramid and maybe put the cornerstone up. But J.B. Stratford and O.W. Gurley had visions, right? So uh, as it relates to Black Wall Street, O.W. Gurley, you know the story, he came in, um, had a track of land, put uh, rooming houses on there, then built a hotel. J.B. Stratford did the same thing. But what I didn't know was that these men were similar to W.E.B. Du Bois and Booker T. Washington in terms of strategy. All right. O.W. Gurley believed that to have success in this town, you needed to forge relationships with white folk. So he was the guy that became the sheriff of the town, appointed by the white people to be the sheriff, to oversee the black people. And people saw him that way, but he was not that guy. He wasn't a sellout. But he knew that I needed allies. We need allies over here and at least a foothold in what they're doing. We can't just be insulated in this you know, uh, enclave of, of blackness in the middle of this sea of whiteness around us. We need to know what's going on. And he wasn't wrong. J.B. Stratford was like, F them people. <laughs> you know, he was like militant and uh, pro-black to the nth degree, uh, all about his people. And I'm not saying that O.W. Gurley wasn't, but they were playing two different games. But what I want to remark upon here, unlike W.E.B. Du Bois and Booker T. Washington, these two men understood that they had different strategies, but they came together. So it was similar to the end of Martin Luther King and Malcolm X's life where they finally figured out, hey, you know what? We may have two different paths, but we're leading to the same road and we're leading our people to the same place. So let's come together, which is probably why they both ended up dying because everybody's happy when we're fighting. 2020, a new year. It's the perfect opportunity to take your business to the next level by hiring the right people. But finding qualified candidates can be challenging. ZipRecruiter.com slash begin makes it easy. ZipRecruiter sends your job to more than 100 of the web's leading job boards. 
But they don't stop there with their powerful matching technology. ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes and finds people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one, spotlighting the top candidates so you never miss a great match. It's so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash B-E-G-I-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And when I say everybody, the, the enemy, the oppressor, the folks that, that benefit from us being divided. But when we have different strategies, and we all should, actually, no, no two houses should be the same. Because what if one falters? You know, we, we need to have another structure. And if we have different ways to get to the same place, then that also, listen, we're not all the same. I don't think the same way as, I'm not even going to name any other people. But I know that the way that I think about things is different. It doesn't make it wrong, you know, because my, my heart and my goal is to get us there, right? So even if you don't agree with me, and I hate when people call up and say, you know, Karen, I don't always agree with you. I don't expect you to always agree with me. I don't always agree with you. I don't, I don't always agree with my mama, you know? And that's okay because we're human beings, uniquely made, right? But what we all need to be clear about and what we all need to understand is that the goal is the same. So if your path leading to this same goal is different than mine, maybe I can learn some things from it as well. But I'm not going to destroy it and, and criticize it just because, as Booker T. Washington determined that people need to learn how to till, you know, till the fields and grow their own food and build their own homes with their hands, that didn't make them low-level um, cretins. That made them smart because if we look today in 2020 and beyond, hell, we need to grow our own food. And I'm mad that I don't know how to. I tried to grow some yams last summer, and it was a disaster. But that's in my DNA to freaking grow food. For 200-plus years, my people planted and grew food, and I don't know how to do it. And we need to eat. <laughs> so, so, yeah, maybe we, Booker T. Washington wasn't wrong. I would love to know how to build my own home. I would love to know how to sew my own clothing, you know, and, and, and read a book. Thank you, W.E.B. Du Bois. Two things can be true. Yeah, we need to do this, that, and the other. But instead, they're fighting, my way is better. No, my way is better. No, you're both right. And I wish somebody had clunked their heads together and said, yeah, we can publicly fight but secretly build how about that because while we publicly fight people love that while they're distracted by the public fighting let's secretly build a world that they can't see hello well ow girly and jb stratford did just that and so i want to applaud those two men and i want to keep talking about them because they put aside and it says they put aside their differences to build something great and they did build something great black wall street it was a marvel and so I want to remind us that in our lives we're going to have people that may have different uh, ways of doing things. They may for, form allies with folk that we don't like. And I, let me tell you, the last year and a half, I've forged allies with people I cannot stand. <laughs> I've, I've reached out to people that I cannot personally stand, that I personally think are weak individuals, that I may personally think um, are folk that don't really have 
our best interests at heart. I, people who I know for a fact are selfish as F, but they have access to things that we need, right? So I could be in my feelings about it, and I could be correct about it because I'm absolutely right. I can talk about them on the radio and, you know, and, and be right about that too. But my, well, what I said to myself is, can we use their connections to build more things? And my answer was yes. So I forged relationships. I am going to continue to forge relationships with people who have resources and access to things that we need. And I'm going to put aside my petty and it is petty because really if the big picture is to build the world that we want to live in where we're safe, where our children can grow and be validated as human beings and be educated on a level that's tertiary, you know, um, then my assessment of a person, as long as, as their, their, their ways aren't destroying us, shouldn't matter. Yeah, a person could be selfish and all, all really, really about themselves. But if we can do what Ida B. Wells did, well, she did use the newspaper to uh, call out um, Robert Church. Hmm, wait a minute. Let me rethink that in a moment. <laughs> I think there are different ways we can do that. Well, some of us need to use our mighty pens to, or our voices to uh, call out folk. But you have to know that that person's going to be willing to be called out. So I recently had a conversation with Byron Allen. I shouldn't say that, but I did. And I and uh he was upset with me because I said that uh his his move wasn't for black people. He didn't he didn't like that I said that publicly. But I said, uh, it's true. And he was like, No, it's not. And I said, You've had thirty plus years to build something in the black community. You've been on television. Well, I don't have what they have. And I said, yeah, it's true. You don't probably have the money of Comcast or NBC Universal, but neither did Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry never had that money. He has it now, but he didn't. He built uniquely with black people. He built his empire with and through black people because he validated and valued black people. He didn't run over here and ask. As a matter of fact, Tyler Perry's wealth is built on African money, African validation as well. Uh, so, you know, as much as I can, and this is maybe that example, I could vilify the content and say it's horrible, but I cannot at all say a damn thing about Tyler Perry's methods, methodology, because, because of his single-minded focus on building through and with black people. The man is a damn near billionaire, has a studio that had freaking Black Panther film on has made millions of, I mean, maybe, maybe hundreds, tens of hundreds of millionaires through and, and giving people work that wouldn't, they wouldn't normally have work, put people on, on, on payroll that wouldn't normally be on payroll. Have, he has lifted up actors and writers and, and a host of other people because his vision through black people with black people was, was large. He didn't see lack. He didn't see, well, I don't have what they don't have, so I don't have what they have, so I can't do X, Y, and Z. So that's a tale of two cities. I wish those two men would come together. Oh, how powerful would that be? That's a clarion call right now. If y'all know them, Byron Allen and Tyler Perry coming together to build the next thing, woo-wee, woo-wee. Okay, so uh, I can dream. And, and again, you know, I don't have to agree with either one of them, but to see a thing 
you know, and to know what can work and to put aside ego and put aside personal differences and to put aside, you know, your selfishness to build something for the future that will be here thousands of years after you close your eyes. I think that's the goal. And individually, you know, that's how I move. You know, I, I don't have children, but I understand legacy. And I know that the things that you that you knit here right now, the kinds of ways that you develop and build and grow, um, those are the things that sustain us for the long haul. And this is a long haul game. And I, I you know, I don't know where I'm going to be in a thousand years in the in the atmosphere because matter cannot be created nor destroyed. But I do know that the work that is being done right now uh, with the people, through the people, right? The people that are inspired, the people that are motivated by the words that come out of my mouth every day, that's legacy. The things that they build, that's my legacy. And I don't have to have my name on it to know that, that my work is good. So um, my encouragement is, you know, while they destroyed Black Wall Street, what they didn't destroy was the spirit. What they didn't destroy was the blueprint. What wasn't destroyed was that there is a, a, a way for there to be catalysts and dominoes to fall, you know, from uh, Robert Church to Edward P. McCabe to have vision that O.W. Gurley and J.B. Stratford pick up and run with, with two different mindsets coming together to build something. And I think that that is the way that, that we should be moving. And I'm going to keep talking about this book, Black Fortunes, and it is on our book club list. And when we come together to talk about it, I need you all to be prepared. So I'm giving you breadcrumbs right here um, for when we do talk about it. Black Fortunes, Shamari Wills, the story of the first six African-Americans who escaped slavery and became millionaires. In this book are the, the seed for whoever is reading it and whoever's listening to this, uh, to, to build their wealth as well. All right, let me know what you think. You can follow me uh, on Twitter at Karen Hunter. Follow me on Twitter at Karen Hunter. Of course, go to YouTube, subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is Karen Hunter Show. We're going to be doing some uh, pretty groundbreaking things there, and I'm saying that because I'm using their technology to do more than what it's been uh, designed for, so stay, stay tuned for that too. And that's what we should be doing, remixing some stuff. Uh, and building our own, okay? But first you have to study the anatomy of something that is absolutely working. Uh, also, uh, if if you have any comments or questions, use the hashtag on Twitter, at Karen Hunter, hashtag podcast, so that I can search for it and, and respond to you there. And share, share this podcast, because it's free. It doesn't cost you anything. You know, SiriusXM costs something, but get the app too. But this is free, so share it with as many people as you can. I appreciate your support. Thank you for listening. Till next time. <laughs>